You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And I'm speaking to Sonia Duplessis today from Brenthurst Wealth in Stellenbosch. And we're talking about something called ESG. And I've been talking about ESG, Sonia, for two or three years with other people. And it's a fascinating subject because at first it was just something that came into the I don't know, into the annual report of a company and they said, well, yes, we like to be green and we like to see, be seen to be environmental. And it was just sort of paying lip service uh, to the, to the movement. But now it's become incredibly important. And you say in your piece that you kindly sent me, it says here, the NASDAQ listed ESG investing as one of the most significant future investment trends and also noted that major asset manager BlackRock indicated late in 2020 that it will account for ESG factors in a hundred percent of its investments so this is now mainstream Sonia yes hello Lindsay and hello to your listeners thank you good chatting to you again yeah thanks so much for the intro and I think um, like you said it is definitely a theme that you know it's becoming more and more more and more talked about and and we have to include it more and more in in our portfolios and, um, you know, here at Brentus, we are very excited about the ESG theme and we try and include it as much as we can. And if clients ask for it specifically, we will give a higher weighting to that theme. Um, you know, but to give you some examples or other facts, um, you mentioned now the NASDAQ where, you know, they are including or, or you know, that's one of the biggest stock exchanges in the U.S. listed the ESG investing as one of the most significant future investment trends. Um, and another, like you mentioned, BlackRock, where they are, where they came forward and said that they will include ESG in all of their funds, which is major. It really is. But before, actually, Sonia, before we go on, of course, we're using an an acronym called ESG, but we haven't really explained what ESG is. So before we go on uh, to what your uh, to what your policy is towards ESG, we must point out that ESG means environmental, social and governance. So it's it's in other words, it's caring as well as making money. Is that's the way I like to put it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think you summed it up nicely in a in a nutshell. Um. And just to to latch on to what we said earlier, some other research came out from a from a um, from Opimus, which is an offshore capital market research company, where they they researched the ESG theme, and they indicated that from in the last four years, so from 2016. Um, funds going into or money going into ESG funds um, has almost doubled. So to give you an idea, in 2016, it was $22.9 trillion, where at the end of 2020, it was more than $40 trillion that went into the ESG theme. So it is a major, major theme that we can't ignore and and that we have to look at. Um, And, you know, another fact, that we can't ignore is that with President Biden now um, in charge, or you know that that got recently elected as 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 president, um, Biden is very 
pro the ESG theme, especially driving and supporting companies with a low carbon footprint. So you've got one of the major economies of the world backing the ESG theme. And also to, to keep in mind, you've got interest rates at record lows, um, locally and and offshore. And that, with interest rates being so low, it will give governments the opportunity to, I almost want to say, get their ducks in a row and, and be able to spend more um, on ESG infrastructure. And, you know, to latch on to the, the, the whole American and Biden story, President Biden is also very pro of the Paris Agreement. Um, and to elaborate a bit on that, that's a multinational pact developed by countries to combat climate change. Um, and the, the, the main goal of this Paris Agreement is to limit global temperature increase to below two, uh, two degrees Celsius um, per year. Um, yeah, so there's a big drive to bring these things under control. Yes, and I think it's all to do with, um, I don't know whether it's millennials or some other subgroup that has been recently been identified, but they certainly, um, younger people are starting to drive this movement, not through investments, but through mm. uh, activism. I was watching the news this morning and there's a court case against an Australian coal mine that is supposed to be developed um, at the moment and they're, they're trying to sort of uh, start digging immediately, but there's a group of activists, uh, young people, that have... Uh, have stopped it so there is definitely a movement there but when it comes to investing how do you approach it because on the one hand you've got a company like Sassel for example which is a great South African company but on the other hand it's got a horrible horrible environmental uh, record so yeah, what do you do yeah. when you when your client comes to you and you say well he says well I think the oil price is going to go from $15 to $60 uh, per barrel and the rand is going to go from here to there and therefore I'm going to make loads of money what do you say when mm. it comes to the ESG influence yeah look so if if a client still wants to invest in Cecil you know we wouldn't stop him um, but a company like Cecil should what they are doing, the big companies, is they are sitting back and realizing that if they don't change the way they do business and if they don't change, um, you know, the ways, how, you know, the, the, how they um, make money yes. and the way that influences the environment, they're not going to get external investors investing into their companies. So a company like Cecil, I promise you, is – is talking about ESG and they are changing strategies because they know they might have money capital flowing in now, but in 5, 10, 15 years from now, if they don't change the way they do business, they're not going to have a constant flow of money into the company. And that will, you know, they might close down. So companies know that they have to change the way they do business. Um, to give you an example, to bring it back home, the, the way that Brentlist includes it in, into our portfolios or the way that we look at it, yes. you know, we will partner with specific companies like, you know, like 91. They are very pro ESG um, and they've got, you know, they, they, they've made a public commitment saying that, that they um, support ESG principles and, and they've got, or, or let me rephrase, they've got certain principles for responsible investment. Um, And they've got six specific uh, PRI commitments. So, 
you know, when 91 goes to a group of companies like Sassel or BHB Billiton or whoever, Pick and Pay or Woolies, um, they will lay down these principles and they will see who ticks the boxes and who doesn't. And at the end of the day, that will influence where they allocate money. It's very interesting and, that you say and, influence, the yeah. word influence. Sorry to interrupt you, Sonia, but it's very interesting mm. that you say the word influence because do you think that companies like 91, to whom I speak regularly and have done for a long time now about ESG, and I see them as one of the forerunners of the ESG yeah, movement, yeah. and they've been very, very progressive there. Do you think that companies like yours and companies like 91 are actually changing corporate policy when it comes and I don't want to single out Sassel so mm. I won't say it again but companies that in the past have had a bad ESG reputation do you think that they're changing because of the investment demands of asset managers yeah, yeah yes I definitely think so I think on your 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 offshore companies or you know your overseas companies it's it's far more advanced and on the local front, but, you know, in South Africa, we still, you know, we still at the baby steps phase. So it will take time, but a big company like 91 has, you know, they're included in, in their strategies. And if they go to companies, they will ask the questions. So companies will slowly but surely start to, to change their ways of doing business. Um, and it's not just them, you know, it's many other asset manager companies. For example, another company that we use, BCI, collective, um, Boutique Collective Investments, they, they're a research company and they, for example, you know, they put together our fund of fund strategies. They've got a whole, they've got an ESG metric system um, and they decide which funds at the end of the day gets included in our fund of funds um, strategy. Yes. They, one of the, the, the areas that they focus on is ESG. So, you know, they will give each company an ESG rating. So at the end of the day, we've got access to that data and we can see which ones are higher, which ones are lower, and which ones we are more comfortable and not. So I think on the local front, we might still be in the, in the entry level or the baby stage, um, but it's definitely developing and increasing a lot. And in five years' time from now, 10 years' time from now, I think it will be a much more talked about subject. Okay, so let's say that a millennial comes to you and says, right, I've got a little bit of money, I've got a good job, I want to start investing in the JSE and overseas as well. How would you approach it? How would you expose them to ESG because they only want to invest in companies that are ESG certified, if you like? How would you go about it? How do you expose them to that? Yeah, so we would still, you know, have a diversified approach. So we wouldn't just choose one fund. I mean, there are many available to the South African market and the offshore market that's got a good ESG weighting. If the millennial or the client says they want to specifically invest in funds that has included the ESG theme, we will look at our list of funds and allocate according to where we see fit. Yeah, so that we will still definitely still follow a diversified approach. We will never put all eggs in one basket and just choose one fund. Um, and there's plenty to choose from. 
Yeah, but I think the movement is extremely well entrenched, if you like. And I do think that yeah. uh, the fact that car companies will be totally electric by, depending on where you yes. are, but between uh, the years of 2030 and 2050 means that uh, everyone's taking this terribly terribly seriously. Sonia, thank yeah, you very much yeah. for your time. Sonia Duplessis is from Brent Wealth in Stellenbosch and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brent Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.